570. In L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Rodney, later on this hour, we'll open the phone lines. Let's go. And uh, we'll hear from the fans. Dodger fans. Comes down to one game tomorrow in San Francisco. What are your thoughts as we get ready to go? You know, during the playoff run, at least once during the show, we open the phone lines. Got to do it. Got to hear from the people. We're all about the people. That's We live for the people. What are the odds that we get a Dave Roberts comment? Oh, please. <laughs> we open up the phone What's his line. name, Mike? Uh, Is it Mike? That, uh, yeah, yeah, it's Mike. Mike. Mike always does it. Yeah, Mike will call in and go, you know, last night was a great win. Uh, the Dodgers now one win away and uh, fire Dave Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, great move to get Bueller going. Great move for Glavin Lux to play in center field and get a couple of hits, get on base four times. Oh, great, great move when they brought in Gratterall. Oh, Trinan was great at the end. I think Joe Kelly fit in right in that situation. But uh, Dave Roberts needs to be fired. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> so we will hear from you, and that's coming up later on in the show. Uh, now let's talk to a man who'll be in San Francisco. Spoke with Julio Urias. It's Dylan Hernandez of the Times. And Dylan, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me on. Okay, is it somewhat appropriate that all season long, these two teams have been separated by one game, and it comes down to one game to advance? Yeah, I think you kind of figured that this was going to be the case, right? You know, it, it reminds me a little bit, you know, when we spoke to the Giants players about, uh, you know, them watching the wild card game and, you know, learning that they were going to play the Dodgers in this series, and they're like, yeah, we, we kind of knew this was going to happen. And I think kind of similarly, right? I mean, you look at this this series, you know, the way not just that the series has played out, but the entire season, it makes sense that this was going to go five games. I mean, I think if you had asked anybody before the series, you're thinking this was going to go five games. Okay, well, this series has been feast or famine for the Dodgers from the plate. Uh, first game, no. Second game, yes. Third game, no. Fourth game, yes. So what does the fifth game lead to? Yeah, well, you know, fifth game, uh, you know, the Giants will be starting Logan Webb, who's the guy who shut them down in game one. Now, you know, doing that to a lineup as good as the Dodgers, you know, doing that twice in one week, that's a pretty tall task. You know, I think, uh, you know, he was pretty close to perfect last time, really. Um, you know, he worked, you know, that slider change-up combination to get the ball, you know, kind of both sides of the plate. Um, you know, it kind of kept the Dodgers guessing all night. Uh, you know, it's going to be important again. If, he, if he's going to replicate that, he's going to basically not have, you know, basically just not make any mistakes. Um, not sure he's going to be able to do that. It's going to be interesting. You know, I think, uh, right, the Dodgers got their own young gun going, and Julio Arias, who, you know, at only 25 years old, has kind of established himself as one of those ice in his veins, big game kind of pitcher. Um, you know, I could see this whole thing could play out any number of ways, I think. Yeah, and why won't he be able to do what he's been able to do in tomorrow's game. And, and that's the thing I'm trying to figure out. You know, I'm thinking, oh, they'll get to Webb this time, but they haven't gotten to him. So what would be different? Well, the different would be, you know, and Arias, 
said this, right? Um, you know, when he spoke, uh, I think it was before game, his game two started, it's just in the postseason, it's all about not making mistakes, right? And this is what it's going to come down to. Again, Webb in game one just didn't make any mistakes. Uh, you know, Rios was able to avoid mistakes in game two. And it's going to come down to really, again, which guy's better able to avoid making that mistake. Because you look at both teams, these aren't teams that generally manufacture runs. I know the Dodgers did in game two, but these are teams that rely on the home run, you know? So it's going to be about not making mistakes, not letting the other team get a home run. And, you know, um, and we saw that again in the Scherzer start, right? Where Scherzer made one mistake and it, it cost him the game. Dylan Hernandez of the Times with us. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Dylan, how can you explain the Dodgers' inconsistency hitting? Yeah, I think, it again, it, it comes down to their approach. You know, I think um, this is a team that they look, they're, they're, they live and die by the long ball. Um, you know, I think last uh, October we saw them kind of uh, evolve, maybe. I, I think it's the postseason kind of came along. You know, if you look at, again, the regular season, they were actually pretty much like a piece of famine team also. Uh, the difference was last uh, postseason, somehow they became really good with two strikes. They became really good with two outs. They became really good at situational hitting. Uh, you know, so far we haven't really seen that, right? This is still kind of the traditional Dodger team that we've seen from the last three, four years in that, you know what, if they, if they hit home runs, they're going to score a bunch. If they don't, uh, it could be a long night for them. Uh, Corey Seager has been inconsistent in these playoffs. Do you see him breaking out? Yeah, I mean, well, he hit the ball pretty hard yesterday, you know. He is a rhythm-type guy. Uh, you know, I don't think he's, you know, a lot of these Dodger guys, you know, they like to sit on pitches, right, kind of right, absorb the data before the game, kind of thinking, okay, you know, this is the pitch that I'm going to look for. Uh, Seager is more one of these guys who, you know, he feels that if his swing is right, uh, you know, he, that he can kind of pretty much hit anything. And you know what? We saw him, you know, hit some balls sharp. In the last game, uh, he did finish this regular season pretty strong. Uh, you know, we saw, obviously, what he did last October when he was the World Series MVP. Uh, he definitely has that in him, right? I think that, you know, and really for the Dodgers to win, that's going to be a necessity. I mean, I think if you look at the Dodgers team last year, the big difference between them last year and the years before when they didn't win the World Series is that they had Mookie Betts going. They had Corey Seager going. Those are really the two big difference makers on this, on this Dodger team. And, yeah, it's, you know, obviously it can't happen. I mean, there's a reason that he's going to get, you know, $300-plus million on a free agent market this, this coming winter. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely see that as a possibility. Dylan Hernandez is with us. All right, let's just talk about the ballpark up there and pressure in this game. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers were favored at the beginning, so you got to believe that they are feeling a little something. But the Giants have surprised everybody all year long. Do you think that this stage might be too big for them? I don't because of the way that market is and the way that fan base is. You know, I think, right, I mean, fair or not, the, the, with the Dodgers, if they don't win the World Series, I think everybody in L.A. is going to view this season as a borderline, right? It's, it's going to be a failure. There's no way around that. Whereas with the Giants, I think that there's, you know, um, the expectations kind of weren't there. It's a little bit of a fuzzier feeling. You know, I kind of have a feeling that even if they lose tomorrow, that they're going to get applauded off the field. You know, uh, you know, the fact that the, you know, that, that the core group of, you know, Buster Posey, uh, Brandon Crawford, and even though he's hurt right now, Brandon Belt, uh, you know, these are guys that have been around a long time that have won championships and, you know, the generation of fans have grown old with. 
so I don't think that that pressure is, you know, quite the way it is, you know, with the Dodgers. Now, I do think, uh, you know, what we from what we've seen with the Dodgers, not just last year, but also this year, uh, when their backs are against the wall, is, is, is as unpleasant as that situation is, they do seem to kind of thrive in that, you know. So I do think that the pressure thing is kind of a wash. You know, I do, I do think that the, the Dodgers are facing a more unpleasant type of pressure, but I think that they've, you know, over the years learned how to handle that. Uh, now, you spent some time with Julio Urias, and uh, he has been phenomenal all season long. Uh, he doesn't seem, at least from what you've written and the observation I have, he doesn't seem like the stage is going to be too big for him. No, and you you know, you saw that from the beginning. I don't, you know, there's some guys that kind of mature into becoming, you know, big time performers. Uh, you know, I, uh, the first time I saw him pitch, he was 17 years old uh, in spring training. They called him up from the minor league side so to throw an inning against big leaguers. Uh, you know, it was a one-two-three inning. Uh, you know, afterwards, again, just kind of very calm, very kind of soft-spoken kid. Uh, you know, he's a kid who, again, broke into the major leagues at 19. That year was pitching in playoff games. Uh, nothing really seems to face this guy. You know, and I really think that, um, you know, even if you kind of look at the way the Dodgers have handled him over the years. Now, you know, early on, um, you know, I was fairly critical of the fact that they wouldn't let this kid go, right? They were so yeah. concerned about his, you know, innings limit, and, you know, they put him in the bullpen, and I'm like, you know, this can't be good for a kid's development to kind of be getting shuttled from the pen to the rotation, down to the minor leagues, now we're going to shut you down. Um, you know, and even all that, he handled with, like, a lot of grace. And so, yeah, I mean, in this type of situation, you know, I, I while I do kind of like the outward bravado of Walker Buehler, I think I kind of like the cool, collected, you know, Julio Rios even more. Uh, you mentioned this uh, and how people in this market will feel if the Dodgers don't win this series. Do you think there would be people in the city that would actually think, man, it, this this was a lost season? Yeah, because I think, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, the, the, the Bauer thing kind of hangs over this. I think, you know, I think if you look at the, the, the group of players, you're going to look at them and think, okay, you know what, they did what they could, right? This is probably as good as they were. You know, this was in the, you know, the, this roster had some holes that probably previous rosters didn't have. Now, I do think when you kind of look at management now, you know, this decision that they made to go out to get Bauer, right? And then it cost them guys on the margins like Kike Hernandez and Jack Peterson. And, you know, right now, one thing that they don't have is kind of that depth of lineup. That's the one thing that the Giants have over them. I do think that the Dodgers high-end players are better than theirs are. Um, that said, I think that, you know, kind of that lower half of the lineup the Giants are probably more consistent there, you know, and that decision they made to kind of invest in a guy with, you know, some, you know, and I'm not saying that they should have known, right, that Barrow was into the kind of stuff that he was into, but, you know, with known kind of character issues, I think that that's going to kind of hang over and that's going to raise a lot of questions. And also, you know, the fact that this team is also kind of breaking up, right? There's a, a period that's going to end here, right? Um, and maybe, maybe it doesn't, maybe Clayton Kershaw resigns, maybe Corey Seager resigns, maybe Kelly Jansen resigns, Maybe Chris Taylor resigns, but resigns. But there's a good chance, you know, this group's going to look significantly different next year. And if it does, I think that there's going to be a bit of sadness, especially when it comes to guys like Kershaw and Jansen, and it's going to be viewed as kind of a lost opportunity, and people will start wondering, and why didn't it end, you know, on a better note? Well, yeah, and you, and you mentioned the fact that they might look different next year, and they may lose some guys. Uh, I think it's a question of are the Dodgers going to want to resign these guys, and at what price, and for how long? Kenley Jansen, I mean, how would you re-sign him 
for a lot of money in how many years? Clayton Kershaw, would you re-sign him? And then you have Corey Seager, who, as you say, is going to be a $30 million guy. Maybe not that much. Maybe close. They have Trey Turner as well. Are they going to re-sign Seager? What do you think they'll do? Yeah, my guess is what they're going to have to do is they're going to go back, you know, go back to Andrew Friedman's first winner as the head of the Dodgers, right? Um, you know, he made that trade. He traded away Matt Kemp, uh, you know, for Grandall and some other pieces and to flip some of those pieces into other guys and really um, kind of focused on, on broadening the, the player pool, you know? And my guess is that that's probably more the direction that they're going to go. And, you know, I could see... You know, maybe one of those guys that you name coming back, but the you know, I also wouldn't be surprised if somebody gets traded, you know, uh, or if there are multiple trades, and that the that it's not just you know that the different parts aren't just going to be the players that we just named right now, but you know that it, the changes are a lot more wide scale because again, if you look at this, the one thing this Dodgers team doesn't have that previous teams did have is kind of that depth and and the strength on the margins. So you do think sitting here right now as they go up to San Francisco things probably are going to look different next year. Yeah, for sure. They, they absolutely will, you know, and, uh, and that's where, you know, I mean, it, 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 it happens gradually, right? You know, you know, we saw Matt Kemp leave and then we saw, you know, Andre Ethier leave and, you know, you, you kind of start seeing guys kind of fall off and, you know, Kershaw, you know, his run, Kenley Jansen's run. I mean, those are things that don't happen very much, right? And there's a reason those players are as beloved as they are, uh, you know, but at some point, Things kind of have to come to an end. The thing kind of turns. Um, you know, my colleague Jorge Castillo uh, visited Kershaw at his home in suburban Dallas over the winter. And if you go back and kind of read that story, uh, you know, he, he works, right? He's, his house is like literally like right in front of his kid's elementary school, you know, during when he's outside working out. He's like looking to see if she's playing during recess. He volunteers in the cafeteria there. Um, you know, you could very easily see from his end, too, like, hey, maybe, you know what? I won my World Series ring. Let me go home and kind of spend more family time, right? Um, things are going to change for sure. Yeah, but if he goes home for him to spend family time, does that mean he still plays or he just calls it, in your opinion? I think he's going to play. You know, I think he just kind of enjoys it. Um, I think especially, you know, he's, he talked about this too, just the, the weight that came off his shoulders after winning that World Series. And, you know, he has been kind of a different guy this year. You know, I, I, it, it's, it's hard to say so definitively just because we haven't had the same amount of face-to-face access that we've had in the past. Uh, but, you know, he's been smiling a lot. And, you know, even after he got hurt here, um, you know, he's saying he's very friendly with reporters in terms of, you know, kind of going out of his way to say hello to people and stuff. And um, so I think he enjoys it. You know, I think that while... There was a part of him, you know, you, you do kind of get that, you know, that maniacal thing that all the great athletes have of, like, wanting to win, wanting to win. Um, you know, and while he obviously has that for sure, uh, I also think that it's kind of on a very basic level, you know, that he's also, there's a part of him that is that, you know, that kid that was in all of us, right, at some point when we were kids playing sports. I think the part of him uh, has probably come out a little bit more since, uh, since they won that World Series. So, yeah, my guess is he's actually going to hang around a little bit. Okay, well, that would mean that he would finish his career not with the Dodgers. Yeah, that would be that would be my guess. I mean, you know, again, it's it's just a guess here, but uh, if I were to guess one way, that that it would be that way. And uh, how do you think the Dodgers would react to that? Um, I think you know. I, again, I think it's um, 
it's not going to be, you know, uh, like, I don't think, the, you know, I think the fans now are more educated, right? So it's not like, you know, if Kershaw, say, turns down, you know, 20 plus million dollar off or whatever, I don't think anybody's going to say like, oh my God, like, how could he turn that down? You know, because I mean, people recognize where he is in his career and we've seen kind of what happens when you give a lot of money to older players, right? I mean, there usually comes with a downside. The fact that he, you know, he won his World Series, I think people, I think fans were happy for him for that. Um, you know, I mean, ideally, maybe, right, it would have been kind of at the end of last year, maybe that the contract was up and he could have just kind of walked away that way. Um, but I don't think that there's going to be a lot of the animosity, you know, that, that you sometimes have when a player leaves like a market. You know, it feels like he's, the, the journey's coming to an end here. Uh, one way or the other, you know, he might have a couple more years, you know, play wherever. But, you know, I think everybody kind of sees the end coming and the fact that, uh, you know, he was able to get that World Series ring kind of put a nice little bow on it. All right. Well, I know you're headed up to San Francisco. Uh, safe travels. I'll see you up there tonight. All right. See you up there. All right, Dylan. Thanks for coming on today. Really appreciate that. Uh, Rodney, let's open the phone lines and hear from Dodger fans. Let's do it. You want the prediction for tomorrow? Yeah, I do. All right, 866-987-2570. Your chance now to sound off. Talk about what happened last night and what you think will happen tomorrow. Dodger fans, you're up next. Bringing you L.A.'s best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Bogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah. It is hump day. We on the grind, Freddie. We on the grind. Yeah, we are. Let's go. Counting it down. Counting it down to tomorrow night. Put your back into it, Fred. Let's do it. 866-987-2570. Dodger fans, it's your turn. Your opportunity. Weigh in now. Last night, and what do you see happening tomorrow? Anthony and Riverside, appreciate you holding. You're on the air. Go ahead. Anthony, you there? Oh, I'm there, yeah. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Oh, well, I, I think the Dodgers are going to win tomorrow. Uh, I forget. I, I'm not sticker, but I think I think six to two tomorrow. Dodgers can go play Atlanta. All right, six appreciate two. the call. Six to two. Six to two? That's what he said. All right. He thinks he'll win six to two. like to see him win six to two. like to see him get to Webb early tomorrow night. I think that's going to be the key. Let's go Randy in Riverside. We appreciate you holding. Go ahead. What's up, Fred? What's up, Rod? What's going on? Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm like Fred, and I hate to admit that. I'm kind of guarded because games one and three, they didn't score anything, and they're going to have to jump out early on these guys, hit them and, and knock them out and give them no hope, and we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm like in Fred's corner. I'm guarded because they score one game and next game they don't score. Oh, so you're nervous about t- tomorrow night that they won't score? I'm I'm very nervous. I'm I'm very nervous, uh, Rodney. I, I just think that it, this has to be a mistake-free game. Uh, you know, Dave Roberts has been making really good decisions this time around as far as his pitching. You know, kind of like what you guys said earlier, and he just needs to keep going that way. Now, you know, the, the Giants have been using up all their uh, pitchers. So hopefully they're tired, and hopefully they, they throw some balls that we can hit. And hopefully we can get Justin Turner to get a hit or two, you know, because he hasn't done much of anything right now. All right, appreciate the call. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, I think it's – look, I think it's very important they get to him early tomorrow night. I think it does two things. Gives the Dodgers some confidence and also tells the Giants, your guy's getting beat here tonight. I, I just think they need to they need to score early in tomorrow's game, Rodney. 
They just got to score. Well, there's that. <laughs> they just got to score. Yeah, it would be great if they if they could get to them early and then we can see what's going on on the back end of their rotation in the bullpen. Um, but just got to have quality at bats. That's the big thing because they didn't have quality at bats against them the first time around. Okay, let's go uh, Zach in L.A. Zach, thanks for holding. Go ahead. Absolutely, Fred. I don't know if you remember me or not, but it's intern Zach right here on the phone. Oh, oh um, my. Dodgers, turns out. Dodgers, Dodgers need Urias to go five and two-thirds strong baseball because he cannot go over six, and we need to tax Webb early because that bullpen, both bullpens are extremely taxed. Okay, well, that's, that's pretty, what we need. That's pretty specific, i got to tell you. That, that was very specific. I'm watching the, I'm watching the games. Yeah. Um, final score... It's going to be extremely low. So if you're hammering the under, I need you to take the under. All right. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. Intern Zach. <laughs> Intern Zach. Okay. I like it. You know, one of the other outliers, Fred, that, that we have, because I know you like to go hot and cold and you're nervous and you're worried and you're scared and all those things and the hot and cold and feast and famine. Yep. Um, but there's always flip sides of that. You know, like I mentioned, Julio. Julio has pitched well. Julio pitched well last time up there against him. Um, Julio gets the most run support of any pitcher on the Dodgers. So, let's go. What are you worried about, Fred? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Webb. Thanks, ADB. Webb, Webb has been a bit of an issue, but Luke in Mission Viejo says that's not going to be a problem. Right, Luke? Yeah, hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think we've seen him once this week, which is really good. He did pitch a great game up there, but I did notice that we uh, swung at a lot of stuff outside the strike zone. I think we were a little bit froggy there at the plate, um, swinging at stuff we shouldn't have. I think if we're patient or a little more aggressive um, towards the top of the count, um, I think our boys will be able to put some runs up. If we apply pressure early like we did last night, I think we should have a good showing. Again, Julio gets a lot of run support. He's been pretty bulletproof um, his last couple outings. I think we got a really good chance of winning if we're able to be a little bit more aggressive. Appreciate yeah. the call, Luke. And you remember, you know, they played that first game up there after that wild, crazy wild card game two days before. So they're coming off that Chris Taylor walk off win. Yep. Going right to San Francisco playing that first game. So not that that that, that you know is any kind of excuse, but sometimes mentally that could be taxing on you and then getting up for another game, especially game one may have had something to do with them not or a little bit lack of focus in terms of their approach to the plate. Okay, Vince in Whittier. Go ahead. Fred, Rodney, how you guys doing? Good, good. I, 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 this is my, I call every year I call you guys uh, in the postseason, longtime Dodger fan, listening to you guys for a long time. And every year we get the same freaky Fred. We get Fred freaking out, <laughs> thinking the, the, the sky is falling. Look at Fred. We got him right where oh, we want him, buddy. We, you know – we saw Webb. We saw everything he's got. And Kapler blew his load the other night. He, you know, he threw everything at the kitchen sink at him. And, and the bullpen is taxed. And, and, and the way I see it is I don't want anybody else on the mound besides Julio Urias. That's the guy. He's the right guy in the right spot. And we got him. We got him right where we want him. Okay. Well, Vince, I hope you're right. I mean, I'm very confident. Very confident going into this one. I said that the Dodgers would win the series. Period. The end. And they will. Just wish uh, Webb wasn't pitching. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Wainwright, Webb. What is it with your W's last name? <laughs> Danny and Valinda, go ahead. 
Danny, you there? Oh, hello. Yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, I think Dave Roberts needs to do some uh, mind games with the uh, umpires and call him out for giving this guy the the, the balls that are clearly outside. He's they're giving him too much of a of a leeway on the strike on the outside strike. So I think Dave Roberts needs to pull Phil Jackson and call the umpires out and get in their heads so that they give us they either call them balls or. Or for both sides, and, and just have them. Let's work this guy. Make him bring the ball inside. Danny, thanks for the call. I, I don't know who's working the plate tomorrow. I'm not sure who's working the plate. Angel Hernandez. No. Oh no, he's not working the plate. Uh, <laughs> Barrett. Oh, it's Doug Eddings. Doug Eddings. Doug Eddings. All right, he's a veteran official. Yeah. Um, Doug say, Eddings will have to plate. He's a veteran. I will say that they, you know, the first couple of games they have missed some some calls, but it's 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 not dramatic for either side. I think both sides they've missed calls on. They've rung some guys up, you know, for the Giants that I think they were questionable, and same thing for the Dodgers. So I, I don't look at it as, oh, my God, they're just it's one-sided one way or another. All right, let's go Brian in Upland. Brian, appreciate you holding. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I, I have to disagree with, uh, with uh, Rodney there. Uh, game one, they were giving Logan two to three inches off the outside plate, which was making them go swinging out of pitches out of the out of the zone um all game long they they need to be patient but if they're getting that outside pitch there's no hope because they're just going to start throwing that breaking ball and that slider away and regardless they're going to be chasing out of the strike zone so all right appreciate that yeah see I, brian I, I really thought in that first game because of the way they were calling it uh, those pitches that were outside that they were swinging at, they weren't sure. I mean, they could have been called strikes. I, I do think that affected game one. You think it was one-sided then? You think it was just when the Dodgers were up? That, no, that they I, I, it that way. Well, I think it was more one-sided because what was throwing them out there? Well, so was Bueller. Yeah, but I thought the Dodgers got the worst end of it. I did. Okay, so you're saying that they were it was one-sided, that they got the bad calls in, in, from the umpire. I thought the Dodgers got the worst of it. I did. I'm being honest. I mean, you're looking at me like, uh-huh, but no, I'm being di- I'm being dead serious. I noticed that as well in the first game. Okay. Uh, okay, let's go. Um, Zach and Long Beach, go ahead. What's up, boys? How are you guys feeling, man? We're feeling great. Feeling good? Yeah. Feeling good? Yeah. I know, Fred, I know Fred's probably worried a little bit. A little let's bit. be real. A little bit. But, um, I'm good. Uh, dude. I got. I forgot to say, I was caught off guard with Zach the intern, man. <laughs> Dude, I heard Zach the intern. I was like, "Hey, what's up?" Oh no, nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're you're you're, you're not the, the Zach the intern. You're the other Zach. I mean, I'm not an intern, but I am the other Zach from Long Beach. Anyways, yeah. guys, I know Ned Coletti's been saying the whole year that this team is built to win now, and I stand with that. Uh, those statements he's made, but with that said, you got three hundred dollars, three hundred million dollar lineup. And Scherzer only gives up one run. I know it was windy, dude, but you got to put runs on the board for him. Just want to also mention, Gavin Lux is clearly hot as it gets. And I don't think he should leave the lineup, dude. Getting on base four times yesterday spoke volumes to me. And lastly, the Dave Roberts haters. I haven't heard anything about, oh, why is he putting this guy in the pitch? That's because he's managing the pitching and the bullpen incredibly well. And the team overall very well. That's all I got to say. And, uh, Go Dodgers, bleed blue, baby. Let's go. All right, appreciate All right. it, Zach. Zach in Long Beach, eight six six nine eight seven two five seven. Long Beach, 
Long Beach. The LBC. LBC. Uh, let's see. Alita. Is that how you say it in Southgate? Aida. Aida. Go Come ahead, on, Fred. Aida. Okay. Let's see. I believe the Dodgers will win. And the problem with the Dodgers on Friday was Wednesday. Party time, baby. Party time. You know you got a game. You're going to be traveling. Party slow and easy. They were partying too much that Wednesday. Anyways, Dodgers take it all the way. I love my Dodgers. I've been a Dodger fan forever, and I'll be a Dodger fan always. All right. Appreciate it, Aida. Thanks so much. All right. Everybody's confident. Everybody should be. I'm confident as well. Except for Logan Webb. Yeah, Webb. Yeah, Webb. He, you know what? Webb. He weaves a mean web. We're gonna break through that web tomorrow. We're gonna we're gonna vacuum that web up. <laughs> what? Oh God! <laughs> Ronnie, go. Oh okay, that's the first time you ever queued, yeah. Rodney. I mean, Ronnie, you had enough. I did. The web line was too much for you. Yes, yes, it was. All right. Yes, it was. Um, Weave a web. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I said. Weave the. Nasty web. Uh, next hour, Bill Orham, our Laker insider, will join us as uh, the Lakers count down to the start of their season. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 LA Sports. How do you know the way I feel? You got me losing Welcome my mind. back. Beautiful Wednesday hump day afternoon. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. On a beautiful Wednesday. You okay there, Fred? I'm good because we have a special guest here. All right. And now, from the court to the courtroom with Jacob M. Ronnie. Well, look who's here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're getting sued. Because and Jacob the M. Ronnie is in the studio. In the flesh. Look at him. You know, I got to tell you, today I feel like it's my birthday. I'm back in the studio with the guys I love, this feels so good, man. Thanks for having me in here. Well, we appreciate you coming down, and what a time to be here as a proud partner of both LAFC and the Lakers. Lakers continuing the preseason. Not great in the preseason. Regular season right around the corner. Uh, LeBron played last night and afterwards said it's going to take some time, and he's right. It's going to take some time. Yeah, well, they the three of them played together on the court for the first time last night, and that's kind of what we wanted to see, right? We started with AD only playing and LeBron and Russ not playing. Then, you know, they brought Russ and they brought LeBron in and AD sitting. So last night was, you know, really the first time we got a chance to see them play together. And the one thing I've seen, obviously, you know, losing is not something you want to see. But the one thing I saw is how Russ is not really trying to push things. You know, you you seem to think he's trying to pass the ball a lot more. He's trying to sort of play second fiddle and kind of, you know, find his way. And, you know, I think ultimately for us, you know, at some point I looked up and I saw LeBron, AD, Russ, Mello, and Reeves on the floor mm. at the same time. You know, in, in some sense, I looked up and I said, well, that, that looks like an all-star team. And then mm. you see Reeves in the middle. And, you know, that just shows that, you know, the Lakers actually believe in this Reeves and they want to see what he can do. So, and it, you know, it, it's, it's preseason, but ultimately you got to play with each other. And, you know, it, it's right around the corner. Tuesday's game one. Yeah, right around the corner. I will say this. I haven't seen you in a while in the flesh, man. But, you know, the time off, the pandemic, all this, it hasn't 
hasn't taken away from the way you dress, man. You're always clean. <laughs> you're always clean. You always come in with the right suit, with the pocket square, the whole deal, man. So, you know, hats off to you keeping it, keeping it tight during all this time of not seeing each other. Thank you, Ron. Um, but are, are you concerned at all, or what are you concerned with most? Because with this group, and you know, a lot of people make jokes about how old they are, um, is it the chemistry that they need to play together to get the chemistry, but they also – need breaks because you want them there in the end. How do you balance those two things of them, you know, taking time off them three, as you mentioned, just played together for the first time in preseason. How do you manage that with the age of this team? Well, I mean, number one, I'm concerned about the fact that we already have two injuries. Yeah. I mean, right off the bat, Ariza is going to be out for six to eight weeks and you've got, you know, THD out for four weeks or being evaluated Mm -hmm. in four weeks. So it's not the best way you want to start your preseason, but I think ultimately at the end of the day, you know, we got 12 of the first 14 games, I think, at home. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the schedule gods were good to us. How do you start off, right? It's going to give you a little bit of time to make mistakes. It's going to give you a little time to get a chance to play with each other and hopefully get a lot of wins and finish up really strong. I think what's important is that this team has got to, and this is all on Vogel and the new coaches. You know, yeah. they brought in some new coaches that are supposed to have been, I guess, are putting in a new offensive system. So we know it's going to take time. I think we got to understand the ultimate goal here is playoffs and a championship. So this coaching staff, I think, is going to have even a harder time this year than they've ever had being able to manage the time and make sure that some of these guys who are a little bit higher in age mm-hmm. do not burn their you know burn themselves out. I mean, there's no question. It's uh, for the Lakers. They got to win it. That's how they're built. Time is uh, running out on LeBron and some of his new colleagues who are a little long in the tooth, as, uh, <laughs> as we like to say, they got to win it. It doesn't matter what happens during the regular season. Get to the playoffs, be healthy, have yourselves together. If that's the case, then they're in it to win it. But uh, to worry about the regular season, I mean, I've said to Rodney in the past, look, why can't they just start with the playoffs, really? Because <laughs> the regular season is just going to be kind of tuning up and, and figuring things out. But, Jacob, they have to win it this year. That's how they're built. There's really no wiggle room. No, you're right. And that's how you know Shaq used to think. He didn't want to play in preseason. He thought that the you know regular season was a waste of time. He was like, let's get to the playoffs because that's what they were used to. But we just have to be a little careful as well, Fred, because don't forget, look at the Clippers. For the past couple of years, they were supposed to have this great, great, great you know, lineup, but they never played with each other. So when they got into the playoffs, they were not very comfortable with each other. So the one thing I would say is that you have to be able to have a nice enough balance. You got to be able to have these guys play with each other. You can't just try to turn it on 10 games before the playoffs or when you get into the playoffs. So again, as I said, I think the coaching staff has got to, you know, really, really do a good job this year. We know that if you just put, you know, Russ in there, he can take over a game, right? One of the things we have now is, in, you know, Carmelo has been, you know, shooting well. He's been one of the bright spots, at least in, you know, in his shooting. So I think you have enough talent to be able to get you the points. The question here becomes is who are you going to sit, you know, each night and out just to be able to make sure that they get the rest they need? Because they do need the rest. You don't want these guys tired or injured at the end. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and you have to get into game shape. You have to get into shape. Because think about it, if you're playing and you're not playing a whole lot in the regular season, you get to the playoffs, all of a sudden LeBron and AD and Mel, you know, you're expecting those guys to play 40 minutes. Russ and those guys play 40 minutes a night, and you can't just switch that on and off. So that's that's important. Uh, switching over to the Dodgers, how do you feel about tomorrow night? Oh, man? my God, I am so excited. 
I am so 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 excited. We all have, you know, at home we have our Dodger blue out. Mm-hmm. We have everything out. We're yep. ready to put it on. I mean, we are we are so all in. And you know what's exciting is that you know as much as we may be nervous, we're excited. And you know you have no choice. You're going up in San Francisco, tough place to play. But you know we've we've seen it. You know if the Dodgers score, they're fine. When they don't score and yeah. when they're you know swinging at these balls that are moving around and they're not being patient, that's that's when we got problems. But you know we feel good, man. This is L.A. all the way. We're gonna win it and move on. You know this team's built to win a back-to-back championship. This is going to be a year when both the Lakers and the Dodgers will hopefully win a back-to-back. Let's do that. Over the weekend, you and your team will be involved in the cancer walk? We are. We are. So, you know, the uh, every, every October, our law firm turns everything pink. You can see, you know, I'm a lot into colors. Mm-hmm. We're into blue. We're into pink. And, you know, the fight against bre- breast cancer is, a, is, is, you know, really holds a special place in my heart because I believe that the awareness and making, you know, our mothers, sisters, wives, everybody be aware of how important it is to get tested and go out there and really get an opportunity in order to make sure that they do their cancer screening is really important. So usually when it comes to October, we turn all of our billboards into pink. We turn all our commercials into pink. And two years ago before the pandemic, we had our first, uh, you know, call Jacob cancer walk to fight against breast cancer. And it was an amazing success. You know, we all walked last year because of COVID. Unfortunately, yeah. we couldn't do it. So we're really excited. We're going to be doing it again this Saturday at 8 o'clock, you know, in downtown LA. And we're just going to all walk and raise money and donate and give back. Oh, I absolutely love it. I love it, Jacob. It's, it's, it's and how have you felt? I, I know coming off of the pandemic, not being able to do things and, and you're so active in the community. And I know even with us, with our foundation, finally be able to get back and, and do some of the things. Uh, and just getting the response and seeing people, just seeing you today, you know, and, and you hadn't been here in a couple, almost a, two years now. Yep, yeah, and been in studio, man. How yep. does it feel getting back and, and active with the people? You know, amazing. And and, and I have to say, I, I feel so blessed because people are so nice. They come up to me, they mm-hmm. say hello. You know, they have they're complimentative, but you couldn't do anything with people. You don't even know. Do I shake their hands? People yeah. want a hug. You're like ah, the fist, the hug. You know, so. You know, as the time goes by, you get a chance to get out there and really be with people and give back. You know, that's really yeah. important. You know, we can't just take, take, take. We got to use every opportunity to give back. And, you know, that's been an amazing part of what we do. And, you know, I look forward to doing a lot more of it. Yeah. Okay. This weekend, downtown LA, Jacob and the team will be there. Uh, you know, at two o'clock every day, we do something very special, very unique. Uh, we must come together as a people, we must unify, we must sing Kumbaya. You know, at two, it is the haiku. You know that, right? Oh, absolutely. Do you want to stay for the haiku? Oh, I would not miss it. <laughs> All right, let's come together as a people. Got to. Let's unite. Got to be as Be on one. your behavior, Fred. Your yeah, well, best behavior. Well, all right. Let, Jacob's in studio. I'm glad Jacob's here to witness <laughs> yeah. this today. I'm hey. glad he's going to be a part of this. Hey, I was listening earlier, Fred. I was listening <laughs> earlier. <laughs> okay, well, we'll just disregard that, and uh, we'll get ready for the haiku next.